Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, by the way. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary... Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. When I was reading over this and really, you know, wanted to go into what I usually go into, I just couldn't get past the fact that the one message that the angels wanted to get across to them and what they were so... I mean, just try to imagine an angel, and then try to imagine an angel excited. I mean, it's just like over the top. Heaven is filled with these angels. They're glorifying God. I can only imagine what that sounds like. Us in here on our best day is still contained in the flesh. And here they are, glory to God in the highest, and on earth... Peace. And I just couldn't get past that word peace today. A new kind of peace was born that day. A peace that no human had ever experienced since Adam and Eve in the garden. No one had ever experienced this kind of peace since Adam and Eve. And so perhaps the peace was even more precious than what Adam and Eve knew because it had never been experienced this way. A peace that was born into a world of unrest. The angels were so excited to say, It's here! (laughs) 
It's here, what you've been waiting for, what you've been studying, what you've been longing for, what the prophets have been foretelling. It is here. Their message was peace. Peace. But this wasn't going to be a peace based on circumstances. It wasn't going to be a peace based on circumstances. It was going to be a peace based on the nature of God shown in a man named Jesus Christ. It was going to be a new kind of peace. There is no peace until there's peace with God. We can pray for peace, and we're supposed to pay for the, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We can pray for the Palestinians. We can, we can pray for Russia. We can pray for Ukraine. But what, when we pray for their peace, what we're praying is for them to know God. Because there will never be peace inside a human body without peace with God. E- even in the Christian, when we remain carnal, we have an enmity, a fight going on. God's people who had been living under the law of the Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant, I I know I touched on this last week, but please don't curse the Old Covenant. It was from God. It was a covering. It was an opportunity for them, though their Savior had not come to save them from their sin. It was an umbrella that they could be under to protect them if they would obey the law, if they would make the appropriate sacrifices, animal sacrifice, the blood of the lamb, the blood of the bull, the goat, whatever was required, it would cover their sin. But they had a constant awareness of sin. Even knowing that there was a sacrifice made them constantly aware of their sin. Glory to God in the highest. There is a new kind of peace. Oh, thank God for the sacrifice of the old covenant. Thank God for the law of Moses. It had a purpose. It was to point us to Christ. It was to let every man know, you need a savior. It doesn't matter how good you are. You need a savior. And on this day, that we read about in Luke 2, that Savior is born and a new kind of peace is fixing to become available to the human race. Because we are not just cleansed until the need to be cleansed again by the next sin offering or sacrifice. The blood that was shed for us through this human, son of man, son of God, Son of man, son of God, son of man, son of God. The son of God, son of man that came to us born that we celebrate in this season. His blood was not contaminated blood. His blood is a living blood. Therefore, it continually cleanses me. Perpetual, I think, is one of the words the scripture uses. An atonement. An atonement to where I don't have to live constantly aware of my sin. I get to live constantly aware of his righteousness.
It's a whole nother level of peace. I love something my dad used to always say. It'll ring in my ears forever. Even my sin is none of Satan's business. I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with a price. And so I have a new master. I get to call him Lord, and there is more freedom in that word, Lord. There is more freedom and more love in that word, master. Where, where sin used to be our, our slave driver, used to tell us what to do, used to tell us what we were going to drink, used to tell us what we were going to take, used to tell us how we were going to act, used to tell us what we were going to say. This master, oh, who the sun sets free, we're free indeed. We've never known a peace like this before. The announcement is made, peace. Of all the things they could say, it's peace. And so they ran to see this thing that had happened. I'm glad Mary treasured up what the shepherds said. I'm glad she treasured up what the angel had said. Because when they came and they said, hey, these angels appeared to us out in the field, it was confirmation of what the angel had told her about her conceiving God's child, born of the Holy Spirit, the seed of the word of God that we've talked about so many times, what the prophets had said. She accepted when she said, be it unto me according to your word. The words of the prophets that they had prophesied from what God had said in Genesis all the way through to this moment formed a seed on the inside of her and the, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so she had this confirmation by these shepherds who had been out in the field about this peace that this child, this man was going to bring. But you know what? It wasn't it wasn't long before it looked like all hell had broken loose. And if she had not kept these words and taken them to heart, then she could have thought all of this was a farce. What they said, peace on earth, it does not look like peace on earth because by the time Jesus was two years old or thereabout, literally hell came hunting for him. Herod sent out his evil forces to kill, to rip children out of their beds and slay them. Every child to and under in that territory, the armies came through, took them from their beds, drug them to the streets, whatever, Now, if you know what it's like to lose a child, imagine when everyone in your region has lost their sons. Peace on earth didn't look like it was happening. But it was happening. Hell was coming against it. You can find that prophecy of that in Isaiah 9, 
verse 6. You can look that up at your own convenience. The fact of the matter is this world system will never have peace. So stop looking for this world system to give you peace. Don't look to the stock market to give you prosperity. Don't even look to your job to give you prosperity. I should say to be your supply. It can be an avenue of supply in God's hands. But quit looking to this world, to the circumstances. Quit looking to your family to be supportive, forgiving, loving. To make you feel good, to make you feel valued, to make you feel appreciated. That's not where our peace comes from. And sometimes, especially if we've raised them in the word, we can have that. Your children, Proverbs 31, your children will rise up and call you blessed. Your husband, he will praise you. Praise God. But that only comes through the knowledge of this kind of peace that came through Jesus Christ. Peace is an inward atmosphere. It's an inward atmosphere. It's an inward quietness. It's an inward rest that is not dependent on the circumstances that are happening around me. I have to get that down pat. I have to get that down pat. I've got to quit looking for the world to give me that kind of peace. This peace that, that Jesus said he left us. I want, you to, I want you to think about that. When Jesus was preparing to leave the earth, he looked at his disciples and he said, my peace I give to you. I, this is what I'm leaving you. I'm, I have to go, but I'm leaving my peace with you. What was Jesus' peace? What gave Jesus peace? His relationship with his father. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. For 33 approximate years, Jesus showed us what peace would look like when we were in relationship with a loving God. Those, those 30, he didn't live to die. That was part of his assignment. But the other part was to live to show us how to live. Amen. We needed to know. All, the only example we had was a bunch of atoms. We needed to know what does it look like? What does it look like to live like Jesus made you righteous? What does it look like to live like it was a gift and it's the one thing on planet earth that we're not having to earn. Yes. It's just, Dave, it's just given to us. When we accept Jesus as our Lord, he gives us the gift of his righteousness, his standing with the Father God. So I'm not having to live in this constant awareness of my sin anymore. I don't want sin in my life anymore. I don't want anything to come between my thinking 
It I am a daughter of God. You're a son of God, daughter of God. That relationship does not change. But sometimes my attitude in that relationship can change. And sin affects my attitude in the relationship. It, 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 it can mess me up when I'm, when I'm needing to use my faith. I can think I'm not deserving or I can think that he's mad at me. There's a gazillion different things that go through our minds when Jesus came to give us peace with God. That's the peace he came to give us. Peace with God. As you know from the disciples, even after he left and with the apostles, they didn't always have peace with man. In fact, the early church suffered cruelly at the hands of man. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. Peace on earth was going to be on the inside. And it was going to affect things on the outside. In fact, Jesus was, he made some pretty strong statements. And he was peace. He said, you think I've come to bring peace? I came to bring the sword. In fact, when Jesus came, it brought evil to its height. It made, it made the satanic forces angry. But you know, Stephen... They picked up their rocks and they started, I'm going to say stones because I don't think they were our gravel, Arkansas gravel. And they started chunking him at, at this guy. And you know what he did? He saw Jesus. He saw Jesus at the throne. And he forgave the people just as Jesus did when he was on the cross. You know, it takes some kind of peace, some new kind of peace to say, Father, forgive them. That takes an inward peace because those rocks were hitting his body. They killed him. They killed his body. But he had seen Jesus. And he had an inward atmosphere that carried him through the toughest of circumstances. That's a peace. That's a new kind of peace. Jesus showed us that peace. He showed us that peace when he calmed storms. He was asleep in the back of the boat. And as most of y'all know, Rusty took me into a storm one time. I won't go into detail because I don't want to shame my husband. But I think my daughter pretty much told him never to do that again. When the boat next to us sank, I needed a new kind of peace. And Rusty really needed a new kind of peace. It's tough to have peace when, when the boat next to you is sinking. It's, it's tough to have peace when, when you, you're looking death in the face 
I don't care if it's on Lake Dardanelle or Sea of Galilee. It's, it's, a, it's a moment where you need a new level of peace, and that peace is going to have to come from the inside. Jesus showed us that kind of peace, and what that kind of peace can do when you're confronted with a situation is stirred up, a storm is stirred up, that we are to use that, let that peace on the inside of us do the speaking. Because the day we start letting the fear do the speaking, let the peace do the speaking. He showed us what peace would do in the presence of demons. Right? In the presence of demons. We got Christians all over the world who are scared of the devil. You are a child of God. And we've talked about this before. Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the old serpent. That's the names the scripture uses. The devil and God are not equals. God created Lucifer... If you wanted to do equal arch enemies, as far as comparing apples to apples, you would have to go to one of the angels and Lucifer, because that's what he was. He's nothing in the presence of the one who created him to start with. The day that we get to see him kicked into the bottomless pit, I'm going to be like Benny Hinn, standing back up. Let's do it again. Standing back up. Let's do it again. I think every one of us ought to get a turn at kicking him into the bottomless pit. And that day's coming. And it says that we'll look at him and we'll say, is this the one who shook the nations? Is this the one who kept me awake last night? Is this the one who kept me in fear over my children? Is this the one who kept me in torment over my sin? That? This kind of peace made Jesus walk through a crowd with their stones. He just disappeared out of their midst. Wasn't his time yet. Wasn't the way he was prophesied to die. He took God at his word and he said, I'm walking right out of here. What has God said about you? And why are you seeing anything else but that happening in our world? This kind of peace is what enabled him to carry his cross. And all that that entailed. A peace that knew hell was coming for him. And he knew that he was going to submit to God, lay down his life and be at the mercy of the heart of the earth for three days 
And yet he trusted in God enough to submit to the call of God on his life, trusting that in three days, as the prophets had foretold, and as Jesus had spoken out of his own mouth, he would rise again. That takes an incredible amount of peace. You got to know who you are with the Father. And he so wanted to please the Father. So wanted to please the Father. Making you right with God. That he went through hell to make it possible. That's how important it is. That you be right with God. Jesus suffered everything he suffered for you to be made right with God. For you to be reconciled. That means you owe nothing. Jesus paid it all. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace. Good will toward men. Go with me to Isaiah 53. This is a familiar verse. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified if you're on a device. I know some people get angry because Christmas is commercialized and I, we put up our tree, I should say, Rusty put up our tree last night and we plugged the lights in and I just left the lights on and I just, I just kept looking at it thinking, light of the world. You know, you can get caught up in what you want to get caught up in, but when we, ce- we celebrate Christmas, we make a big deal out of it because... Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Good will toward men. Our Savior was born. Emmanuel, God with me. God came to me. God left the throne room, came into flesh and blood, and dwelt among men. So I could be reconciled to God. I'm glad we're not under the old covenant. It was a a great thing at the time. But the scripture makes it plain. We have a better covenant with better promises. And I'm thankful for it, aren't you? I don't know about y'all, but I'm not sin conscious. I'm not sin conscious. And, and when the Holy Spirit deals with me about something I need to change in my life, I just change it. So, I mean, granted, sometimes he has to deal with me and deal with me and deal with me and deal with me on getting some things changed. But, the, but it's never condemnation. It's like, hey, this is holding you back, sis. Let's get this taken care of. Let's get this attitude changed. Let's get this situation changed. Let's work on this. Let's... Let's get this handled. And it's always for the purpose of setting me free. Not once has he ever condemned me. He's always brought light to dark areas of my life. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows, our pains of punishment, Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. When when he was on the cross, they thought God was doing it to him because of blasphemy. 
No. He was carrying your punishment. He was carrying your guilt. He was carrying your shame. He was carrying your weaknesses, your inability to to cope. He was carrying your sicknesses and your diseases. He was carrying your mental health. He was carrying these things. Verse 5 says, but he was wounded for... How about we say my... He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my guilt. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment needful to obtain peace and well-being for me was upon him. And with his stripes, the stripes that wounded him, I am healed and I am made whole. That's a good day. Peace on earth. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. You know, when you get in trouble as a kid, sometimes getting caught and getting the punishment over with was a relief. Now, if you had horrible parents, it may not feel that way for you because you may have been disciplined wrong. We were, we were discipled, disciplined. Sometimes that affected our flesh. (laughs) But it was always done in love. Okay. (laughs) Just checking, Mom. It was for our betterment. Sometimes she had to get our attention. Most of the time, David's. I kind of slid in behind. You know, the baby gets away with a little bit more. David just broke them for me, you know. He was, he was three and a half years older than me. When you get punishment, it brings you back to reconciliation. The crime has been paid for. There's no double jeopardy here or whatever. The crime has been taken care of, and there's like a relief. You know, you're grounded for three days. When that three days is up, parents, it should be over. He took the chastisement that would obtain me peace with God. He said, you're not grounded for three days. I'm grounded for three. I'm going to take these three days for you. That's what he did for me. He took the chastisement that was needful for my peace was placed upon him. That's a good day. That's a good day. It's carried. It's already taken care of. You owe nothing but to accept, accept what he did for you. And see, sometimes that's a really hard pill for us to swallow because we want to earn it. We would almost feel better if God would punish us. Sometimes it's tough. To just say thank you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive what Jesus did. And let him be your Lord. Let him be your Savior. You were made to be at peace with God. And until you're at peace with God, and until you know that you are at peace with God, you will never be able to live in peace with people. It just won't happen. 
It's impossible. You've got to have the atmosphere of peace on the inside of you. Go with me to Colossians 1. Let's get this other verse in here. This one makes it really plain. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. I read out of the Amplified a lot this morning. Colossians 1, verse 20. And God purposed that through him, by the service, the intervention of him, the Son, Jesus, all things should be completely reconciled back to himself. Whether on earth or in heaven, as through him the Father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. There is one way to be at peace with God, and that is by the blood of Jesus' cross. That's it. I accept the blood. I accept it. It's a living thing. It is perpetually, constantly cleansing me by the grace of God, by the grace of Jesus Christ. It is cleansing. Do I still need to make my mind up and make some changes? Yes. Yes. We don't abuse the grace of God, right? Listen to this. Reconciled back to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through him the Father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. And although you at one time were estranged and alienated from him and were of a hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities, yet now has Christ reconciled you to God in the body of his flesh through his death in order to present you holy, faultless, and irreproachable in the Father's presence. Oh man, that's peace. That's peace. What I'm saying is, you're not perfect. And we have an image in front of us that we're, we are constantly in the Word, finding out what Jesus was like, using His Word as a mirror, looking in that Word and seeing and growing in who we are in Christ. But until the day that you look Jesus face to face and you have full revelation of who He is, you're going to be changing. But in your changing and in your growing, even in stupid mistakes, the blood of Jesus Christ is at work in your life. If you let it. Jesus' blood his flesh through death presents you holy, faultless, and irreproachable in the Father's presence. That is some very strong wording, boys and girls. That's some strong wording. It says, and this he will do, provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith, in Christ. Stay in Christ. 
well-grounded, settled, steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the glad tidings, the gospel, which is the good news, which you heard and which has been preached as being designed for and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven and of which gospel I, Paul, have become a minister. Get it settled. Get it settled. You're at peace with God. You're at peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you answer and I say, are you at peace with God? And you give me any other answer other than the blood of Jesus Christ, it's a wrong answer. But if you give me the blood, it can't be argued. So wherever you're needing peace at in your world, whatever your situation is today and you need peace, where there's no peace, there's a lack of understanding of what we're talking about. Where there's no peace, in, in my heart, where there's, if there's no peace, there's a lack of understanding of the blood of Jesus Christ and what he came to do and that he did it for me. There's a lack of, of accepting that his blood was enough because I know people who will argue, argue you to the ground on if they can really be forgiven or not. Because you don't know what they've done. Well, Jesus knew. Jesus knew. God knew. And he laid the sin nature of mankind on his son for one reason. Peace with him. And so when we celebrate and we have our, our little play up here with the kids and, and as you're watching things and as you're reading the Christmas story and you say peace on earth, I hope it rings in your ears. I am at peace with God through Jesus Christ. And there's not a sin that can outweigh the blood. That's right. That's right. There's not a past that can outweigh what happened through this man, son of man, son of God, son of man, son of God, son of man, son of God, who, who said, put it on me so that they can be with you. That's a good day. Amen.